Hello and welcome to your Liverpool Echo Blood Red podcast. A very special episode today because it's the preview to the 227th Merseyside derby. And we've also got a very special guest, uh, Chris Beasley, is, is in with us today. It's joining Andy Kelly and James Pearce. You almost myself. forgot the name of our full-time Liverpool. I, I never forget the, the name of James Pearce. But we're going to preview the Everton game, look back at the Middlesbrough game and also maybe... Maybe talk about goalkeepers. Um, it seems to be a, a pod regular that we do that. So I will we'll start with James Middlesbrough. Uh, still cold, still, <laughs> still cold, but still warm for Liverpool fans after. Uh, it was all right. It was it was strangely mild. I had yeah. about four layers on too many, to be honest. Um, and yeah, it was a good night. It was a good night all round. I must admit, I I went there with a bit of trepidation after what had happened in the the, the two previous games and and also. You know, Liverpool, it hasn't exactly been a happy hunting ground for Liverpool over the years, the Riverside. But um, you know, after a, a tricky opening 15, 20 minutes where Middlesbrough held their own, Liverpool just stepped it up and you know, deservedly went it went in front. Um, and then you know, the second half was just an absolute procession. And I think the most satisfying thing was that is the most fluent Liverpool have played um, since the international break, and certainly you know the. At where they'd struggled without Coutinho, that was the first time in his absence really that you'd, you'd seen them really just demolish a team yeah. uh, as an attacking force. I mean, you know, Lallana was outstanding, deservedly got the plaudits. Firmino came alive again after a, a worrying blip. He was much more like his usual self. Mane involved in all three goals. You know, the only thing that let him down was his his finishing. And Divock Origi, you know, Liverpool desperately needed him to step up in the absence of Coutinho and Sturridge. And he's done that, you know, the best run of his professional career, five goals, five games, and not just not just the goal he scored, but his all round performance was was a big step up from recent weeks as well. And obviously it all bodes well with, with who's on the horizon on Monday night. Absolutely. And and the um I had a look at some of the Middlesbrough coverage of the of the game and they said Middlesbrough don't often get taken apart like that. Middlesbrough are a very solid sort of four four two team who who play that way. Liverpool made them look pretty ordinary. I also saw on a rival podcast, I won't mention the name, but they'll know obviously who they are, um, they said it was the most important performance of Liverpool's season, the second half in particular, because of the manner of the win and, and sort of what was needed after the two disappointing results. I'm not sure about that. I, I tend to think, I, I, know what, I know why you would say that, because it, it felt important. But then West Ham um, felt important to go and get the three points, and it didn't happen. And, you know, after Bournemouth, and we've had, it feels like we've had big ish games all the way along, haven't we? Yeah. Like, you know, going to Stamford Bridge, even the first game at Arsenal coming out and getting a, getting a win there, starting the season off positive. So I think we've had those types of games all the way along. The good thing was that, you know, <coughs> at the end of what, what had been, you know, a tough few days, um, you know, more going back to Bournemouth, that they, they came and did, did a job on Middlesbrough, as you said, some of the uh, coverage from, from Middlesbrough fans, really, yeah. were, were coming out and saying, you know, that was the best team that had been to the Riverside this season, but of course you don't get any more than three points for that, and um, I've seen loads of teams come to Anfield, actually, and quite impress me. I think you know. I'll, I'll back them next week. I think they're in decent form, and they go somewhere else and uh, and they'll get beat. I mean, look at Bournemouth played well again. Yeah. You know, played at Burnley the week after. And beaten at Burnley. I mean, we knew anyone can get beat at Burnley. We knew that, but um, you know, so it doesn't form. You know, it's it's very subjective into you know 
sort of the match against who you matched up against, and Liverpool matched well uh, against Middlesbrough. And you know, it was it was a, it was a very good second half. Didn't think there was a lot in the game until the first goal. Yeah. Um, beautiful cross from Klein, and great to see Lallana arrive late. And, header. You know, and Adam Lallana header. Yeah, and they didn't even hesitate, did he? Just no. sort of like met it perfect, and yeah, I thought it, I thought it was great. And he's not here, but I've got to mention it. Um, Christian Walsh. All year has been wanting a regulation three 0 win. I got I got accosted by someone on on Twitter, if virtually accosted if, if you like, um, and he said a routine three 0 away win. He done a bit of maths and it happens. I think it's once every three seasons, uh, on average in a, in a Premier League team. So most most times <laughs> that, that sort of routine, James. We do it once every three week, uh, three years. Chris, I'm going to bring you in because we've spoken a lot about goalkeepers with Andy and with James and with myself so I'm going to get a fresh perspective yeah. on the on the idea of the goalkeeper one were you surprised that Jürgen Klopp did what he did with the goalkeeper and two do you think it was it is or was the right call I definitely think it was the, the right call and it's something I've, I've pushed for myself for a while but I was slightly surprised in the way that um, Jürgen had basically made it clear that Carius was his number one. Um, he, he backed him from the start. Obviously, he brought him in, in in the summer. He'd had that injury pre-season. As soon as he got fit again, he'd put him in straight away. So I, I felt that he was going to stick through uh, with Carius through uh, thick and thin. So it did slightly surprise me, but I think that ultimately it was the right call. And then we saw Mignolet handled everything that came his way up at Middlesbrough, and he certainly deserves. Um, uh, a few a few games get, get him in a uh, bit of consistency now a bit of a spell on the side and as long as he drops, doesn't drop any clankers I mean he's in possession of the shirt now yeah absolutely James I mean we've spoken about this privately and, and obviously we bring that into the podcast but he showed a, a different sign to him a bit Simon I mean, he, I think he, he was maybe seen as a bit of a soft touch maybe sometimes as a goalkeeper nice a bit too nice you know yeah. he is a, we know he's a very nice guy you know speaking to him but he's shown a little bit of steel to him hasn't he in terms of the way he's handled being dropped and the way he's performed when he's had a chance in the league cup to start with and now in the premier league yeah yeah credit to him i think cuz he, he was really hurt there's no doubt about that when he when he lost when he lost the shirt back in september you know i think he felt like many fans did that he hadn't really done anything wrong to to lose it and no, it can go one or two ways. And to his credit, he knuckled down and said, "You know, right, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to get back in this team." And I think you're right. I think we have probably seen a different side to him. You know, you know, he has he has got that steely side. He's proved it. You know, when he's come in in the EFL Cup games, he's he's done really well. You know, I think Klopp touched upon it again at the press conference at Melwood today. He said, "You know, it's not just Carrius's recent form. It's because Simon has been so strong in the games and in training." And um, you know it, it's it's definitely the right decision. You know, I, I I was I, I was hoping that Klopp would make that call before Middlesbrough. I wasn't sure he would do because yeah. he'd been I, I caught me by surprise. Yeah, because you know, just just because he'd been so kind of venom in, in his defence of Carrier. So, but I think I think probably with the benefit of hindsight, I think a lot of that was just he felt it was unfair just the scale of the of the of the scrutiny that he that was on him. You know, not. I don't think he was necessarily defending his performances, you know, because obviously he subsequently dropped him. But there's there's no doubt that now Mignolet has got a fantastic opportunity to to get, you know now he's back in to to keep it for the rest of the season because he's he's not going to keep chopping and changing it. Yeah. Um, he said that today, didn't he? he said, yeah, he said, yeah, yeah. I'm changing. I'm it was not changing it was, it was, I think it was bizarre that he was even asked it really because I think it was pretty yeah. obvious that yeah. Simon Mignolet would start the Merseyside derby on Monday night. Um, you know, he's he's earned. Uh, he's earned that right, and um, you know I think 
have been interesting to be a fly on the wall at the goalies' union <laughs> was Christmas I, Christmas I was, dinner on Thursday night. I, was, I know they were they were in neighbourhood on Castle Street, and uh, oh, it's okay. I, I know You've got uh, the location and everything. Yeah. yeah, and I know that it was it was paid for with the fine money. Right, from, okay. from lateness and wearing the wrong kit. Um, there's no, there's no, as you said, there's no way Simon Mignolet well, coughed up much. Well, funny enough, I've, spoke, I've spoken to Simon Mignolet recently for an a, a interview, and he said that he prides himself on being the first into Melwood. And he said on his first day, Liverpool he turned up, and two people had beaten him. It was Stephen Gerrard and, and Lewis Suarez. So they're the only two I think who beat Simon Mignolet on the uh, on the punctuality yeah. front. Andy, you're anyone who's played five or five, you knows that you could probably get a little. Guest pass into the goalkeepers' union. I'd have thought so. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the only place I'm getting a game, isn't it? <laughs> well, I, I, I've, I have seen you with the cat-like reflexes on the uh, the Anfield Community Centre 4G. But as a, as a a lot of people will see this now as a sort of a real uh, a, a problem for Loris Carius, if you like, in terms of you know a young goalkeeper who's been signed, had his chance, and now he's been dropped. But this this isn't this isn't the end of Loris Carius' Liverpool career by any means, is it? This is this is a challenge for him now. Def, definitely not. And you know the biggest um, example he can have in terms of what he needs to do now is is has got his jersey on. Do you know what I mean? If you said what Mignolet did was, um, I think the big thing for Mignolet was sometimes you don't. It's a good song, this, but sometimes you don't appreciate anything until you're in danger of losing it, isn't it? Yeah. And and I think he saw actually if Carriers comes in and is Liverpool goalkeeper for the next two or three years, I have I have to be playing yeah. first choice goalkeeper at 28. I'm, I can't really go and sit on a bench. I'm good enough to be a first choice goalkeeper somewhere, and we definitely know that. Yeah. And so he's just thinking I might actually have to leave Liverpool, and that that doesn't half focus the mind. And I think it's focused. The legs, the mind, the punches, the arms. Every, everything about Simon Mignolet <laughs> has been focused on. I want to stay as Liverpool. Even the interviews, even the interviews, and um, you know he's he's he, he is a nice chap, but I I, I do really think he, he that that suddenly crystallised in his mind that you know I, I can't afford anymore to be in any way affected by pressure by sort of by potential mistakes, by a little bit of nervousness in the crowd. Forget all that, I've got to keep this position. Loris Carius has to go and do the same, focus his mind on what he needs to do to be a first-choice Liverpool goalkeeper in, in months to come. We know how quickly goalkeepers' uh, yeah. lives change. You just take one mistake. One, we saw Darren Randall for West Ham. Yes. You know, he, he terrible mistake for Liverpool's second goal. And then uh, that, that, for me... Maybe with Courtois the other night um, against Van Arnold. <laughs> I, I will point out that you uh, you reacted very very um, dispassionately to that that Courtois save. There was certainly no uh, there was certainly no anger on your behalf when you saw that save on, on Sky. As you know, I appreciate uh, good players, and that that was a <laughs> that was a that was a, that was a hard save to take, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was um, save. yeah, it was a brilliant save, and we saw Randolph make probably the save of the season, I think, from um, from Henderson. So you know things can change really quickly for goalkeepers, and Loris Carius just needs to refocus. Um, you know, he knows Jurgen Klopp obviously rates him, uh, and we know he's got a bundle of Bundesliga games behind him. So he's, uh, you know, at 23, he's, he's, you know, he's got all his best years ahead of him. I'd say. Good stuff. Uh, so Simon Mignolet in goal at Goodison. Then, so we'll we'll, we'll throw it over to to uh, to the Everton game. Big one. Uh, Everton give themselves a, a, a shot in the arm on Tuesday night, beating Arsenal. Is that? Set it up nicely then for the uh, for the clash on Monday night. 
Yeah, it certainly does. You know, both teams going into it on a high. Um, Klopp was saying earlier that the Liverpool squad all got together and watched that Everton-Arsenal game. See, they were at the team hotel in, in Middlesbrough preparing for that game 24 hours later. Um, yeah, it's you know it's it's it's, it's it, it, you know there's, it, it's it's all set up, isn't it, for for a, a great occasion? I think you know under the lights as well makes it that bit more special. Close to Christmas as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah last better. game before Christmas. I mean, obviously Liverpool with their recent stranglehold on the fixture. You know, Everton desperate to to break that dominance. Um, Klopp's first derby at Goodison as well. He, you know, he spoke about that today and about how he'd, uh, he'd warmed up for it by watching Creed. <laughs> Great quote. And, what did uh, he say? He said he went on the, the Chapel Street staff night out and then came home and had nothing to do, yeah. so he thought, I'll put Creed on. Yeah, and it's, it's funny that yeah, usually football managers talk about how it's yeah. Eat, sleep, and breathe at 24 hours Brendan a day. Was and he was up at 5 a.m. devising the 3 yeah. 4 3 formation. I <laughs> thought, uh, watching Rocky. I'm sure Christian could have lent him some Hungarian second division action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could have run Christian. He was <laughs> talking through his latest statistical analysis of, so, uh, of defenders. Yeah, so he was, he was saying that, that was, that's his only experience at Goodison so far. Obviously, some of the scenes yeah. for it were, were filmed there with Tony Bellew and. Uh, so he, I, you know, it'd be a new experience for him. Um, you know, I think it'd be a bit closer than his his first Merseyside derby in charge because Everton were in absolute shambles that night yeah. back in April. You know, they were. Simon Mignolet didn't get a mark off me in that game. <laughs> I, I couldn't give him a, yeah, a player was, rating because he didn't have anything. It was like a training exercise, wasn't it? Second half, you know, you know especially after Funes Mori's sending yeah. off, it was four 0 Could easily have been six or seven. Um, but yeah, Everton are a very different side now under Koeman. And although you know they have had some poor results, I think that Arsenal. Uh, the result against them the other night just focuses the minds a little bit because I think it, it shows that Everton are a threat and they, they do have to be respected. Absolutely, Chris, you were you were at Goodison for yeah. for us on Tuesday night. What was what did you see from Everton that you maybe haven't seen in in yeah. previous games? Well, saw a, a change within that game itself because first twenty minutes was similar to what it's been for a, a number of weeks for Everton. It was very flat both from the players and the fans. Um, They'd gone um, behind under unfortunate circumstances, and um, when you've not won for a ten or eleven games like they they hadn't, they could have really folded there against a team like Arsenal. But they gradually got themselves back into that increasing belief that the players and the um, the crowd fed off each other. It was an amazing turnaround. How that in the second half they they um, really piled it on to Arsenal, and they, so it was a change within that game itself. Because make no bones about it, until that point. Um, Everton had really been drifting. They'd, they'd gone backwards. They'd yeah. had a great start under Koeman. Um It was almost like the um, the players weren't responding to, to his methods. So I think if we hadn't had seen that change around on Tuesday night, it could have been similar to... There was a derby, I think, um, back in '05 when Everton went into it, an awful um, set of results. Yeah. It was December just after Christmas yeah, that time. Yeah, James Beattie scored for, for Everton that game. Yeah, um, 3-1, I think Arteta and uh, Neville were both sent up off that night it was an easy win for, for Liverpool we could have had one of those situations if they hadn't had that turnaround on Tuesday but because of that it is a very different dynamic now Yeah, Andy um, we know about Goodison we know about the Goodison Raw and the old lady and the whatever whatever other sort of cliche maybe you want to use but we heard it on Tuesday night and we will definitely hear it, regardless of how Everton start the game or how the game goes. We will certainly hear it on, on Monday night. And is that is that a challenge for Liverpool's players who haven't always, in my opinion, haven't always shown that they can handle the kind of ferocity that, that will come their way with, with Everton, both on the pitch and off it? It's another test, isn't it? We've been speaking about hurdles all season and um, this is a big one. And uh, 
you know, those Goodison for me is one of the great, you know, cathedrals of English football. You know, as you know, it's it has an ability to lift itself, which I think it shares with Anfield on those occasions, particularly under floodlights, and it uh, has that you know incredible tradition. You know, they'll be claiming everything. We yeah. know that and that'll happen at Goodison, <laughs> um, and you know. It's got all the makings of a classic encounter under floodlights. I'm really pleased, actually, that both teams got w- wins the other day. I think most Liverpool fans would have been... They're never happy to see Everton win, but if they're going to win, they would have been pleased that they took points off Arsenal, who are yeah. top, top four and, rivals. And also, would you say uh, Liverpool fans maybe would have been thinking, if they're still on a bad run, they'll, they'll turn it around against Liverpool yeah, rather than yeah. absolutely just get it out of their system uh, get, <laughs> get the three points and then the, and hopefully the hope if you're you know, a Liverpool player or a supporter is that they've got three points that sort of ends that bad run hopefully they sort of relax a little bit yeah. more I, I tend to think the opposite in that you know momentum's massive I think and um, you know Everton both crowd and players will have really benefited from what was feels like you know, one of the games of the season there the other night at Goodison, yeah. doesn't it? And um, and fair play. So we've got two um, Merseyside teams going into a Merseyside derby in um, in in decent form. We know Liverpool, you know, had had a couple of dodgy results, but overall, if you look at you know, if you take it in, in you know, Jed stats are in front of me. It was something like what one loss in the last fifteen or something or eighteen, 18 I think 18. it is. Yeah, one one loss in eighteen for Liverpool. Now had a little dip. Back on track on on Wednesday, Everton obviously got you know probably their result of the season. Would you say, Chris? I would, think so. Yeah, on, yeah. on so that just sets up the game brilliantly. And um, I don't know what miles per hour it will clock for the first <laughs> time, but it will be something extreme, won't it? What have you got in the cliche bingo, James? What, what, where are we going here? <laughs> Throw the ball in after ten minutes. Yeah, that's a good one. Phone book out the window. Definitely phone book out the Any window. Any others? Um, got to win the first tackle. Yeah, first tackle. That, that will decide the outcome of the yeah, game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it probably it, it, I haven't got the statistics to hand, <laughs> but I think the first tackle always does decide the Um With that in mind, we'll talk about the team. Jürgen Klopp had some. Quite interesting things to say, I thought, especially about Daniel Sturridge today. Is there any any decisions for him to make, really, in terms of that? The old matter obviously is one that hopefully Liverpool fans will be really hoping that he's fit. But any other decisions that you think he'd be pondering ahead of the Monday night? No, not really. I don't think he's got an awful lot of options, really. I think the Matip one's an interesting one, because he basically said that it's a problem he's had for two or three weeks, that... You know, there's there's times there's days when he can play through it and days when he can't. So, you know, he's very non-committal in terms of. You know, I don't think don't think he knows whether Joel Matip will be fit for Monday. Um, you know, he said we might have to hold him back for Stoke. We might even hold, have to hold him back for Man City. Um, so I think you know, obviously, if he's fit, he starts probably at the expense of Clavan. Um, if not, Clavin keeps his place, which I don't think is a is a concern. I think he yeah. did well when he came on last weekend. Did well at Middlesbrough in midweek. Um, you know, I think I think the midfield picks itself. Even if you know he said that Emery Chan should be back training. You think you think even um, if Chan was fit enough to play, he would leave one Alderman. Yeah, I think so. I I I like one Alderman. I don't think I, I think you've you know I, I wouldn't tinker with that midfield after the way they performed in midweek. Uh, and then you know obviously further forward, you know the the front three pick themselves at the moment. I think it was interesting what you said about Sturridge in terms of. He said, you know, "Hopefully, we can get twenty minutes out of Daniel Sturridge." He said, "You know, if he is, if he's fit, he will be on the bench." Do you, Do you think that was for Sturridge's benefit as much as as Probably. much as the media yeah, yeah, yeah. or the the, the fans? Benefit. The as in to say, "Well, 
come on, Daniel, you know, give us 20 minutes. Because yeah, yeah, he's yeah. done it before. He, at, at Everton, he came off the bench, I think it was 2013, 3-3 game, he's come off the bench, didn't he? And I, 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 I'll never forget speaking to Brendan <coughs> Rodgers on the sort of on the pitch side of Goodison. And you think, he was being teed up for easy, oh, what an important player, Daniel Sturridge. And he, he, he sort of tore a strip off him a little bit and said, Daniel has to make himself available. That's what he, yeah, and yeah. That, that was, that's three years ago. Yeah. So Jürgen Klopp, three years gone, we're still in almost a very similar position, it seems. Yeah, well, that was, cause that, that was a derby when I, meant, I know in the build-up, Sturridge had been on England duty, hadn't yeah, he? That's right, yeah. And he'd come back and obviously, you know, Rodgers expected every player to be absolutely busting the gut to prove... They deserve to start at Goodison, yeah. and and, on, and Sturridge hadn't trained, and and said, oh, no, I don't don't know if I'm ready for it, and all the rest of it. And then obviously, subsequently comes on and makes an impact. And I think he'd been getting loads of stick, hadn't he, from fans? Yeah, down, yeah so right, He made yeah. sure he ran. He was warming up, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you just you just yeah, I, I definitely think part of what Klopp said was dangling the carrot to him to say, come on, you know, you you can still have an yeah, impact in this you. game. Yeah, to. because I think you only have to look at the bench, don't you? The last few weeks to see he's had no one. No, no game changes attacking wise, and no uh, one who he feels it's yeah, fair proven, to put in proven, there. This, yeah. In there. yeah, exactly. Because I don't think he thinks it's fair to throw Ben Woodburn in or whatever, even for five or ten minutes to say, "Oh, you go and get us the winner." And I think, I think they think he might be too important going forward to you know in the years to come to be trying to sort of put that sort of pressure on yeah. just now. But great record, Sturridge. Uh, Jed Ray's stat in front of me: seven goals uh, against Everton uh, in his career. And that, yes, with that penalty and. Four and five for Liverpool. It should have been five and five, as you say. Yeah. So, um, if he had scored that pen, it could have been any score, couldn't it? I, 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 I still, I'm amazed. It's one of the few things that amazed me about Steven Gerrard that he allowed that to happen. Because yeah. If Gerrard takes it, he's on a hat trick as well. It just didn't. It didn't. It didn't ring. It, was, it, it, it rang weird to me that night yeah. that, that Gerrard allowed that. Um, Chris Everton wise, then in terms of their selection, I went down to see Ronald Koeman today. He said. Clean bill of health, other than what they already had, and mm-hmm. the loss of Jagielka would be one that he, ninety-third minute sent off for Arsenal yeah. on Tuesday. Is that is that as big a loss as it maybe would have been two, three years ago, or am I being a bit unkind on on the club captain there? Um, possibly not in that he, he has been dropped in recent weeks. He'd only just come back into the side um, on Tuesday night um, against Arsenal. What it, you miss with Jagielka is obviously that a huge wealth of experience and um, the calming head there because. Given that his replacement is likely to be Romero Funes Mori, who um, certainly made his mark on the last derby. Right so, down someone's Achilles, yeah. I think it was, yeah. wasn't it? So we imagine that Funes Mori will come in for Jagielka, a straight swap there at centre back. Um, his bigger call, really, is um, in front of it in, in the midfield because Gareth Barry was left out um, rather than playing him twice in the space of um, three days there. He was rested on Tuesday night. And the other midfielders did really well yeah. ahead of him. Under normal circumstances, you'd be saying, oh, bad, he's got to come in for the derby. He's huge experience playing in the Birmingham, Manchester, yeah. Merseyside derbies. You'd say, oh, he's got to go in. But because those other midfielders did so well in his absence, it's almost, it'd be a bit unfair not to go um, same again same again from Everton's point of view. I think so. Andy, I know, I know you, James, will be pretty pleased. Yannick Balassi is not playing for Everton now. <laughs> very, I mean, very unfortunate for him in terms of the injury he's got. Seems to be horrendous. It seems it? to be worse than yeah. even at first first feared. But Everton have, have, have had. They, they haven't. They've lost a couple of games big to Liverpool, but they haven't. They haven't lost actually that many. Everton haven't. Uh, Liverpool haven't won at Goodison for five years, over five years. Two thousand and eleven, the last time, and. It does feel like Lukaku is someone that, that Liverpool 
I feels to me like they've struggled against them. Not 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 necessarily at Anfield, but certainly at Goodison that they've they've struggled. Is he is he still the one that, that Liverpool will be looking at? The team talk will be geared around stopping him. I'd, I'd have thought so. Uh, and if you look through that Everton team, I quite like the way that setup works um, with Gay holding for them. I think he yeah. uh, and McCarthy was sort of holding, but I know he was pressing the yeah. ball a lot on Tuesday. <coughs> and then you've got the three behind, which. Um, Will probably be Valencia, Barkley, and probably Morales on yeah. the left. Um, those are f- three decent players, aren't they? On, the, on their day, yeah. on their day, so, on their day, exactly. Now, if you're going to have a day, you've got to think that they'll have yeah. they'll have a day at home in the derby, and um, so th- th- that's going to give them. Especially, I'd expect Matic probably won't make it, you know, by the smoke signals if you like. So, especially with you know, I, I'd be slightly worried going into a derby with Clavan in defence against that sort of um, attack. Lukaku, you know, he's a proper handful, isn't he? And uh, even even though there's at times frustrations expressed by Blues with him, I think, yeah. in terms of, you know, where's he been? Or, you know... Yeah. So he's all just, around game more so than his goals. Yeah, you, you just have to look at then. You go, yeah, but he's got this many goals, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And um, that's, that's really... That the game revolves around that, and he, it's the hardest bit of the game, and he does it, and he's he's generally done pretty well against us, and um, I'd be, uh, yeah, I'd be wary of his impact, and it, you know we do have the the benefit of no Balassi, uh, and it, and nobody would wish that sort of an injury on anybody, yeah. and uh, but he has caused Liverpool copious problems when we've met him with Crystal Palace. And um, yeah, Everton will have a threat. They'll have a set piece threat again. Yeah. Um, Ashley Williams, of course, got his first goal of the weekend. And I always think Ashley Williams, the bigger the game, the better he plays. I think he's one of them. Three o'clock on a Saturday with no telly. I'm always him. Most people listen to the know I like a bet now and again. And um, Ashley Williams on a TV game. Is a tremendous bet for sort of the Euros for, for Wales yeah, final. Tremendous bet for man of the match because you'll, especially if it's a team that you think might dominate possession against Everton and might, which Liverpool could do. Um, you always think he'll. The higher the game, the more higher profile the TV cameras. Ashley Williams throws out a big performance. You know, he's at that stage of his career, I think, where you just can't go at hundred percent every game, and you have to choose your moments and. Any player who tells you they're playing 100 percent every game, just nonsense. You can't, you, can, you can't do it. Not, not yeah. at, at that stage of your career. I certainly can't. You've got to pick and choose your moments and hope that there are others around you who can sort of win those run-of-the-mill 3 p.m. Saturday games. Um, it's not that you're not trying, but you just can't absolutely blast it. And I think Monday's a game where Ashley Williams will be absolutely at it. And I can see, you know, I can see him having a, a really Strong game for Everton. Well, there's your betting tip there, isn't it? That, that, you can't argue with that. Andy <laughs> hasn't given you the odds, but go on odds checker and find out what Ashley Williams is to be man of the match or first goal scorer, and we'll go go from there. Um, Chris, mm-hmm. local players. It's, yeah. a, it's a thorny issue sometimes in 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 on Merseyside. Everton will have probably two yeah. in the starting line: Leighton Baines and Ross Barkley. Yeah. Liverpool probably won't have any. Maybe have Trent Alexander-Arnold on the bench. He'd be, he'd be the only the only one in with a sniff. Barkley in particular has had a, a rough time of it from yeah. Everton fans, in my in my opinion again. But he looked back to something like his best. Is he is he getting close to the point where he has to he has to start putting his mark on games like this? 
Definitely. I mean, this stage of his career now, he's, he's um, at this stage of his career, Paul, Paul Gascoigne was like yeah. running games at, at, on a regular basis, and that's what Evertonians were expecting from Ross Barkley. We saw it again on Tuesday, the microcosm in one game. We started off, he was struggling again. There were a few what we'd call the Hollywood balls. He tried to do these long cross-field yeah. passes early on. They just weren't working. He didn't have the range at all. Whereas later on in the game, like everyone else in the team, he got the, the confidence again and it was coming off for him. So you'd think at, um, at his stage of his career, he, he has to be um, delivering now. And he has got the talent. I think that's the big frustration um, at Everton in that they know he, he can do it, but he just has to apply himself on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, the, uh, other, the other sort of subplot, there's a lot of them to these, these type of games, but the managers, and we, we often talk about Jurgen Klopp on the, man, on the sideline and how he behaves. Ronald Koeman... We know he's a, he's a, a feisty character in terms of his playing career. Maybe don't see as much of it of that when he's a manager, but there seems to be a lot of respect between between Ronald Koeman and Liverpool in particular. And Jurgen Klopp certainly showed some today at his press conference for Everton. Yeah, it's it's very different. Isn't it? And you go back a few years, and you know, you, the talk about being a big club Benitez and, it, and yeah, and, you know, and Moyes repeatedly kind of sniping about how much money Liverpool had spent and how they, they should be competing yeah, for titles. He doesn't mention that anymore. He, 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 he certainly mentioned that when he was at Sunderland. So it's, um, uh, yeah, it's, it, it feels like a bit of a, a clean slate and a, you know, Klopp was, <laughs> was uh, talking about what nice people Evertonians are at his press conference today and, you know, it was you know, a nice line as well about... They love you, know, you the, as well, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't mention the DVD. <laughs> no, we won't. The, uh, and he, you know, talking about the... You know, he said it was the best story he's ever heard in football, the, yeah. the, you know, the, the, the solidarity that's been shown over Hillsborough, the way that the clubs have stood shoulder to shoulder on that. So, you know, there is a, there is a big amount of respect there. I was, I was thinking, I think, probably out of all the Liverpool managers, I think I've never... I think Klopp is very difficult to dislike, isn't he? Yeah. And he, I always think as a rival fan, I think uh, for it to be an Everton, yeah. I don't know how an Evertonian would think of a way to dislike Klopp at the moment. Now, he might he might do something on Monday night, which ensures that he yeah. is disliked. <laughs> right. But it's also his tactic. We've seen this. I think we've discussed it in the last pod. His tactic every press conference is is to talk nicely about the opposition that's coming up. He doesn't want to be going into a cauldron. He, he'll face yeah. a cauldron at Goodison. That's a bit different. But on 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 other games, he's always very respectful of what teams have done. And I, and I think it's like, why would you give anyone that's the old, um, you know, pin, pin, it, up, pin, on pin it up on the dressing room wall or yeah. pop it on the iPad yeah, these called, days or whatever? He called Alex Ferguson the John Lennon of football. <laughs> before, before he went too far there. Yeah, yeah. A little bit, a little bit, yeah. Um, he's got a terrible voice, Alex Ferguson. You know, I think he he's aware that games are decided on the small details. And one of those small details can be how... Uh, the sort of backing that a crowd gives a home team, and um, you know he he's spoken enough about it in terms of trying to make sure Anfield's totally on board with what he's he's doing with Liverpool. And I think why would he give any opposition um, any extra motivation? Uh, and that won't be required. Monday said that himself. And uh, you know it's uh, you're going into a very tough environment. I'm just saying again, Everton haven't lost in the league at home since since March. No, yeah. that's that's an interesting considering the sort of season yeah, yeah. that it's in the mood around the place. Yeah, as well. they're not unbeaten since Arsenal, and they've just obviously they've, this very week they've sort of you've yeah. got revenge for that defeat. Um, so this is make no mistake, this is a tough game. If you're going into Middlesbrough and Everton, and Aldo mentioned this in his column last week, you know, give 
he he was happy with four points, yeah. and I have to say I would have agreed with him. Now you've got three in the bag from Middlesbrough. <laughs> you're sort of greedy, aren't you? you go, we need yeah, to get. Yeah, words, greedy. You yeah, need to be we need to be... and angry. And angry, <laughs> angry, yeah. And so we want we want it to be six, and and you know, of course, the the other subplot, if you like, albeit outside the realms of the of, of the derby itself, is that Chelsea play early on Saturday, um, and have the chance to go nine. Nine yeah. clear, um, so a lot of you know that that gap. It's a way to Crystal Palace, so that's. Yeah. Not, I'm not going to say it's not a gimme because I keep saying that about their games and they keep getting <laughs> one nil. So I'm going to say, you know, should Six be a com- should be a comfortable eight Chelsea nil. victory. Style eight nil yeah. Chelsea Com- win on very Saturday. comfortable Chelsea victory there, and so nine points would look a wee bit worrying at the top of the table. But I think I, I am to- totally on board with it. Just take a result in terms of what would be a good result for your team and then see where you end up ultimately and uh, it wouldn't be horrendous I think to get a point at Goodison Park That's for all that I'd very much love it to be more Yeah, James Pierce, you want three don't you? Definitely three yeah and I think I just think with the, the pace and quality Liverpool have got going forward I just think they'll cause Everton a lot of problems and I think I think the fact that you know the atmosphere will obviously be be amazing early on, and I think you know that one. Everton will be or have to come out and play, and I think that'll probably suit this Liverpool team as well. And they'll look to, to the, look to pick them off on the counter. Um, you know, I think I think a lot will depend now. Liverpool stand up physically to Everton because it was interesting. Obviously, the other night listening to Wenger bemoan, you know, claiming you know they've been roughed up by Everton, and you know that, that was like Wenger. No, no, it's not like him to have a moan or mess around with the zip on his coat or anything like that. But um, it was, you know, I, I think that was one thing that you could point at this Liverpool team last season that they 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 did have a soft centre and they got bullied too often. And you think of Watford away and Newcastle and West Ham and some horrendous away trips like that where you could Cuban really Southampton. Yeah, yeah, where they you know you could really get at them and um, you know physically maybe even went mentally as well a bit weak. But you know, I think this season, you know. I don't think they got out muscled or bullied at Bournemouth. I think they just switched off and were complacent. Um, so, you know, I think by and large, there has been a different mentality to the team this season. Um, and they need to go there and prove it. I think, you know, you'd want Matip. I think that that would concern me slightly if you go there without him, just because, you know, I think Lukaku is obviously key to where Everton play. And you think of the way that Matip has dealt with, you know, the way he dealt with Costa at Stamford Bridge, the way he dealt with Vardy. Kane as well, yeah. you know he's he's well versed in the, those kind of battles, and I don't think Liverpool have got another centre half quite quite like him. But you know, I, I still think Liverpool will have too much for Everton going forward. There was that one wonderful no nonsense Clavan challenge the other night that had yes. a lot of people purring. Yeah, well, Adam Adama threw or he landed about <laughs> yeah. fifty yards into the North Sea. I think. Didn't yeah, he? still still in orbit somewhere. Isn't <laughs> he? But, uh, yeah, but no, I agree with Piers. Matt, it would be big to see on the team sheet, wouldn't yeah. it? Chris, what, just, just finally as we wrap, you start to wrap up, what will we see from Everton then in terms of, we won't see a Roberto Martinez, Everton will be on um, yeah. on Monday night, we won't see a Roberto Martinez uh, with centre-half splitting and John Stones trying to play yeah. his way out of you know, tight situations. There'll be a lot more pragmatism involved with uh, this Everton side. Yeah, um, 
you've been saying there's um, a lot of um, nice things between the managers, but I think there could be a bit of needle come the heat of the derby passion on, on the touchline. I mean, we've got to remember, um, we've got that whole Dutch-German um, dynamic there as well. And, uh, oh, Ronald... Hopefully no Frank Reichardt-style uh, <laughs> no. But one. Ronald Koeman obviously was a much younger man then. He did infamously um, wipe his backside on a West Germany shirt that he'd swapped with Olaf Ton at Euro 88. Um, <laughs> so he does, That's what he's in here for. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm booking B for next week <laughs> just on the back of that yeah, that's what he's here for we paid money yeah. we got him so he's, he's a much older man now more, more mellow more mature in his 50s but he, he likes a bit of needle and you know Klopp can be excitable too on the touchline so they, I think that possi- just possibly they could, it could be uh, as tasty on the sidelines uh, as well uh, as well as on the pitch well if Ronald Koeman turns up in a baseball cap with a pair of glasses then we'll know that he's, uh, he's ready ready for a fight <laughs> Um Shall we do predictions? Or is that something that we, we're willing well, to do on this podcast? How, how are we going, going to embarrass each other next time yeah, if we okay, don't do so predictions? Okay, so I'm going to go around the room. I'll start with you, Andy, because you like to be, um, you know, the betting man, and you like to be the man who, who makes the big calls. So I'm going to go for you. It's not a big call for me. I think it's going to be Ashley both, Williams' first goal. I, I, I would. Patrick. <laughs> I would. Um, I would fancy. I, I do think it will be a draw, and I think both teams will score. And I probably would look at something like two all. Uh, the other thing, I've got half a notion on a penalty. Um, Baines is ten to one any time. Milner five to one any time. Wouldn't put anyone off that. Um, for you know, the two left backs on the penalties. Well. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, I just think goals at both ends probably. And I could see maybe um, Everton maybe grabbing one on the back of a sort of feverish start. And then maybe Liverpool um, coming back into it, and yeah, a bit of back forth. But I think I'll probably look at a, a reasonably a, a draw, but with a few goals. Okay, Chris, um, he was quite detailed there. You can be you can be as detailed as you want yeah. in this. I'll be, I'll be a lot quicker. I was thinking either one all or two two. Andy's gone for two two, so I'll say one all. One all, yeah. James, three uh, one Liverpool. Three one. Yeah, I just think um, I don't think they'll keep Everton out, but I just think they have too much for them going forward. Um, I think with the form that Origi's in, Lalana as well, and that Firmino has, has come alive again at the, the perfect time. So, uh, so yeah, I think uh, uh, it'd be a happy Christmas for the Reds. Happy Christmas. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two one to Liverpool. Um, I will get obviously some gnashing of teeth. I'm sure when when some people hear this, but I think two uh, one. I can't I, I, like James. I think it's been the better of the season, you know, isn't it? Liverpool to win and both teams to score. Yeah. It's been sort of a, a banker almost, especially even away from home. So I think that, and we'll see. We'll see who's right come Monday night. I'm sure Ian Doyle will be back uh, for the pod next week to say, in his own inimitable style, I told you so, and I told you that would happen. So uh, please, Liverpool and Everton, don't make Ian Doyle right. Thanks for listening. Uh, We'll be back on Tuesday with a, a post match pod to deconstruct the 227th Merseyside derby.